Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said to him, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cries on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I've seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent you, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my title for all generations. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite any children in the sanctuary to come forward and join me up here if you'd like. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. Good morning, good morning. Good to see everybody on this rainy Sunday. 
Wow, what a great crowd. Everybody must have umbrellas. Glad to see you. Come on down, have a seat. Good morning. Here comes Hill and his brother, the little boy we just baptized. All right, what a big group we have today. I'm so glad to see you. Because in today's Bible story, we hear about a very important person in the Bible. His name is Moses. Any of you ever heard of Moses? Yeah, he's really someone that we should know about and know his story. God asked Moses to go to the king of Egypt and tell the king he was wrong and to ask the king to let the people, the Israelites, go. Let them go to freedom because they were enslaved by the king. Now, what we heard was God's first conversation with Moses. And God said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. And do you know what Moses said? Nope. <laughs> he said, God, who am I? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm scared to go to Pharaoh. I don't talk very well. He just went back and forth with God, trying to tell God that he wasn't good enough to do what God wanted him to do. But you know what? God said, Moses, this is not about you. I will be with you, and you'll have everything you need to do this job. And that reminds me that God calls us to do things in the world. Sometimes maybe you'll see a friend who's sad, and maybe the God nudges you a little bit to go hug that person. Or maybe God nudges you sometimes to tell the truth about something, and that can be a hard thing. And it's easy to think, oh, I can't do things for God. I'm too young. I'm too small. I'm not smart enough. I'm not. But God can use anybody, and God does use anybody and everybody. So our invitation in this story, what I hear when I listen to this story, is that I can just do what God wants me to do and trust that God will give me whatever I need to do that. And God can call each and every one of us. Let's pray together. God, sometimes we think we're too small or too young or not good enough to serve you and to do what you want us to do in the world. But thank you for this story of Moses. It reminds us that you call everybody and everybody can serve you. We can be kind and share and tell the truth and do good things for others. So help us to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you are three, four, or five, you can go with Pastor Maggie to Children's Church. You're four? That's perfect. Right in the middle. You can go with Pastor Maggie. She's right there. And if you're older than that, you So this morning, we are opening up the book of Exodus. If you are worshiping with us for the first time, our congregation is going through the Bible this year. And we have over 150 people who have signed up and committed to read it all the way through. And I don't know about you, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's a, it's a lot of reading, but it's really fun. It is challenging though, as a preacher, to decide what to talk about on Sunday mornings. When we just have two Sundays to talk about Genesis, two to talk about Exodus, and one Sunday for most of the other books, 
I sit down and I think, oh my goodness, which story to pick? What can I talk about? And of course, when we're looking at Exodus, I gotta talk about Moses. And so this morning, I've decided to talk about the call of Moses. Moses, as I've shared with the children, is probably the most prominent, the most powerful prophet leader in all the Old Testament. Jesus is often speaking of and compared to Moses. The people of Israel lifted up Moses as one of their greatest heroes. And so I wanted us to hear the story of his call when he first encountered the God of Israel and when God invited him to go to Pharaoh and set the people free. Now maybe it would help to step back a little bit and remind us where we are in the big story. At the end of Genesis, we left the family of Jacob, 12 brothers, one sister, and all of their kids and grandkids in Egypt. They had gone to Egypt to find food because there was a famine in the land that God had promised them. It's a long story. You can read about it in the end of Genesis if you haven't already. But at the end of Genesis, the people of Jacob, who was also known as Israel, the Israelites, are settled in Egypt. And life is good. When Exodus opens, however, generations have passed. We'll find out later in the book that 400 years have passed. The Israelites, also called the Hebrews, had grown and multiplied and become a strong people in the land of Egypt. A new pharaoh comes to the throne, and he is greedy and paranoid, and he sees these Hebrews as a separate ethnic group that he's afraid of and threatened by. Look, he says, they're growing in strength and number. We've got to tamp them down, and so he enslaves them. He forces them to labor in, to make mud bricks, and life becomes hard for the Israelites. Not only that, but he makes a decree that every male child born to the Hebrews must be thrown into the Nile and killed. So this is a terrible, oppressive situation for the Israelites. Now Moses is born a Hebrew child in the midst of this time. And you can read the story, if you don't know it, of his birth in the second, first and second chapters of Exodus. He is born to a Hebrew woman. He's raised by Pharaoh's daughter, a whole other story. But as an adult, he comes upon one day an Egyptian who is beating a Hebrew. And Moses is incensed and he gets so angry that he murders the Egyptian. And word gets out and he must flee to the land of Midian, far away from Egypt. And that's where he is when our story begins this morning. And life isn't too bad for Moses. He lives in Midian. He's got a wife now, a couple of kids, and he's working for his father-in-law. He has a comfortable, easy life, far away from the suffering of his people in Egypt. So it is there in the wilderness, the desert, where he is keeping the flocks of his father-in-law that he sees this strange sight, a bush, an ordinary bush, but it's engulfed in flames, and it's not being burned. So curious, Moses leans in, moves a little closer to get a better look. And it is after he moves a little closer, shows a little bit of interest that God speaks, calls his name twice, Moses, 
Moses. And Moses says, here I am. Another example of one of the people in the Bible stepping forward to say, here I am, when God calls. And God says, come no closer. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. And Moses responds with awe and reverence and fear. He covers his face. He's so afraid to look at God. And we pause here for a moment and see this reveals to us something about the nature of God. There's something about God that is awesome, <clears throat> that is other from us. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is mystery, that is unknowable. So Moses hides his face. But then we see another side of God. For God says to Moses, I have seen what my people are going through in Egypt. Here God reveals that the people of Israel are a special people to God. My people, God calls them. I have seen them. I have heard their cries. Indeed, I know their suffering. And that word know in the Hebrew is a very intimate word. So here we see a God in relationship with this people, so much so that God takes on their very suffering, that God suffers with them. We see a God who hasn't caused their suffering, who hasn't orchestrated all of this, but is with them, is with those who are oppressed. It's a theme we will see throughout the scriptures. God on the side of the suffering and marginalized and oppressed. And God says to Moses, because I have seen and I know their suffering, I am about to come down and deliver them. Deliver them from slavery into a land flowing with milk and honey. God is a God of action who wants to liberate the oppressed and bring them to a place of flourishing. So we see in the bush the God who is awesome and unknowable. And then we also see this God who is intimately involved and connected in human life. And then God gets to the point. So Moses, I am sending you. We see a God who is acting in history through a person, choosing to act through humankind to bring about human flourishing. And this is where I think the story gets a little funny. The Bible is really humorous at times. And this is one of those times for me. Because I see Moses hiding his face from God. And then God says, I'm going to send you to confront Pharaoh. And Moses is like, what? Wait. Who am I to confront Pharaoh? He goes from here am I to mm, who am I? Why are you calling me? And when God answers the question, God doesn't say, well, because Moses, you know, you were born to a Hebrew and raised in Pharaoh's household, you, you have this cultural duality, you're, you're smart, you're strong. No, God doesn't say any of that. God says, I will be with you. It's not about you and your gifts. It's about me, says God. 
I will be with you, and that is all you need. And we see once again, what we will see throughout the scriptures is God choosing the youngest sibling, God choosing the smallest, the weakest, the most unlikely to be God's vessels. And sometimes God says, I do that to show my power to the world. So God says, don't worry about who you are, Moses. I will be with you. So Moses tries another tack. Who are you? Moses says. First it's, well, who am I? And now Moses moves to, well, who are you? If I go to these Israelites and I tell them you've sent me, what, who can I tell them you are? What is your name? This raises a question for me. I don't really know if Moses or any of his contemporaries knew much about the God of Israel at this point, if they were even worshiping this God, if they had been passed down the stories of Abraham and Jacob and God's faithfulness. Maybe God is introducing God's self to Moses. Moses wants to know God's name. And God says, I am who I am. Another way to translate that is, I will be who I will be, or even I am who am. I am the one who is. Is that any kind of answer? I mean, I think Moses is looking for a name. Give me a box I can put you in, God. Give me something I can tell them that they'll have a plan. They'll know your strength. They'll know who you are so we can manage you and control you. That's part of what naming does. And here again, we see the God who refuses to be named. God who's not a noun, but a, but a verb. The verb of being. As if that should be enough for Moses. I am who I am. How do we respond to a God like that? How do we receive and trust a God who says, I am who I am and I will be who I will be? Well, as if to respond to some of those doubts, God goes on to say, remember, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, Again, this God who is unnameable and unknowable and the God who is in relationship with people. You will know me by my relationship with your ancestors and with you. I am the God who is, the God who was with Abraham, the God who was with Isaac, the God who was with Jacob, the God who is now with you, the God who is with God's people. Now the conversation goes on. It takes a long time for Moses to say yes. Like most of us, Moses is reluctant to take this on. If you think about it, Moses had a good, comfortable life, way off in Midian, far away from the suffering of his own people. He wasn't seeing it. He wasn't experiencing it. But God was. And so for him to say yes, to go to the halls of power and speak truth to Pharaoh, to try and bring all of these people out of Egypt. He didn't have a roadmap. He didn't know where they were going. He didn't know how long it would take. If he knew how long it would take, 40 years, he might have been even quicker to say no. But God persists and God insists that God will be with them 
Moses continues, no, I can't do it. I don't speak well. I don't. And finally, this is a moment I actually laughed out loud when I was reading this this week. God, uh, Moses says, please, God, just send someone else. <laughs> then God gets a little angry and says, all right, look, your br- brother Aaron will go with you and he will speak for you. But you are doing this. And Moses finally says, yes. And the journey is so much harder than he could have imagined. He has to go to Pharaoh 10 times plus. He has to endure all kinds of doubt and complaining from the people of Israel as they travel through the wilderness. He has conversations and arguments with God all along the way. But because of his willingness to go, the people are set free and eventually are led to a new land. There's so much for us to hear in this story. And I have no doubt that at all the stops along the way through this story, there are some who were touched by different phrases and different images. That's the beauty of the scriptures. But what I hear as we come to the end of this story of call is a reminder that we are all called by God And the call of God inevitably will ask us to go to places that are uncomfortable, to sacrifice some things we might not choose to sacrifice, to trust in this God who is unnameable, whom we cannot control, to take the journey without a road map, but to understand that God is a God of relationship, that God knows our suffering, God knows us inside and out, God will be with us every step of the way. And the invitation is to follow and to trust that no matter what, God is with us. And that is enough. Thanks be to God.